Live from this is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. For the win. Got it! Oh! He broke his head. Follow me. Follow me to freedom. Here's your host, Mike Phillips. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of the Just End the Suffering Podcast, which is New York Sports Song, Long Suffering Fan. Your host, Mike Phillips. I got a good show for you this week. Super Bowl 57 coming up on Sunday between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. we get you ready for the big game this week. We join an annual tradition here by Russell Baxter, the pro, fo- pro football guru on Twitter. We're going to dive into the matchup here, take a look at all the X's and O's that you need to know to get ready for the big game who and his keys to the game. We'll talk to all that in just a bit. We're also going to make our Super Bowl picks this week. I'm going to be joined by Alan Austin, who... Did the picks back in week one, so we're going to close out the season here in the pick segment with Allen, and that's going to be fun. Let's do our two-minute drills about why Jay Zolan is once again proving he is the worst owner in New York sports. If you like this Just Under Suffering podcast, feel free to subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. Simply search for Just End the Suffering Favorite Podcast platforms. You can help episodes there. Feel free to your feedback and start writing some of the podcasts you can going forward and help people find the podcast. If you like to hear, share with your friends, leave some feedback. That's how we can improve the show. So follow me on YouTube, Mike Phillips on YouTube. Video version of the conversations with Russell Baxter and Alan Austin, the picks. It's going to be up on YouTube. Again, Mike Phillips on YouTube. Without any further ado, let's get to our opening tip. We're covering the big storylines entering Super Bowl 57. That's coming up here right after this. Three, two, one. Y'all ready for this? The opening tip. Here we go. All right, opening tip time here. Getting ready for a Super Bowl 57. It's going to be here on Sunday. This is going to be a fun one between the Eagles and the Chiefs. When the final four teams were set at the end of the divisional round here, the most interesting matchup on the paper was this one. And it did come through for the first time in a while. So the NFL is thrilled. The fans should be thrilled. We got a great game. The biggest headlines obviously going to be Andy Reid. He coached the Eagles over a decade. Gets fired after 4-12 season. Goes immediately to Kansas City. The, the funny thing about this is that the Eagles and Andy Reid have both won Super Bowls since then. The, the Eagles win in 2017 with the uh, Philly special. Nick Foles out doing Tom Brady. Andy Reid wins in the following wins two years later with Patrick Mahomes. He's been a couple Super Bowls since now. They both won Super Bowls. So it's not like, oh, one's got to, you know, get one for their legacy. This could be a fun revenge angle, though, because the Eagles say, look, we don't need you. We are doing just fine without you. And Reed say, hi, you should have kept me. I'm winning Super Bowls without you. So I feel like this is a legacy spot for Andy Reid, too. I mean, he's probably going to the Hall of Fame with how long he, well he's been doing in the league. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been to three, he's been to four now. This is his fourth Super Bowl. The fact that, you know, he gets that second one, he's going out roller skates. He's not going to be sitting there debating for a while. He's going to be in, like, first ballot. The quarterback matchup. Between Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, should also be stellar. This is the first time in NFL history we have two black quarterbacks starting the Super Bowl, which is a significant milestone in this country. Something we should start seeing far more often in the future. Both excellent players, too. As we know how great Mahomes is, and he's the best quarterback on the planet. Uh, Jalen Hurts has proved himself this year to be a superstar. The Eagles are 16 and 1 when he starts. They, these guys have legitimate cases to win the NFL MVP, win the MVP every year. And especially this year, I think Mahomes is going to get it. Or Hurts missing two games might help his candidacy. We'll see how that plays out. You have the Kelsey Bowl as well. 
Travis Kelsey, tight end of the Chiefs, Jason Kelsey, center of the Eagles. They got the first brothers ever to play each other in the game. That'll be a lot of fun. And it's going to be a house divided for the Kelseys. Both do have the rings already. Remember, Jason won with the Eagles and, and Kelsey won with the Chiefs already. This is a bragging rights spot for both these guys. Say, hey, you know what? Like, I'm going to beat you and we're going to one up each other in terms of, you know, who has the most rings in the family. On the field, there's the pencil for play of explosive offense here. Philly has the best rushing attack I've ever seen. They are dominant on all levels here. You got the Kansas City aerial tech as well. Patrick Holmes reinventing it without Tyreek Hill, which is very impressive. They bring in a whole new slew of receivers, whether it's MVS, Juju Smith-Schuster, Sky Moore, the rookie, had a big impact in the AFC Championship game. A lot of fun with that. The Eagles' defense is very legitimate, however. They could definitely challenge these up front. The battle of the trends could be huge in this game. I think Philly has an edge there, which could be very important. I talked about this earlier a little bit too. The big legacy game for a lot of people here. And mentioned Andy Reid getting his Hall of Fame resume on roller skates. He wins the second title. Patrick Mahomes, who's now in his third Super Bowl, is one one, lost one. He could really start entering that go conversation when he picks up a second ring. A lot of rookie quarterbacks have one one, but you win two, you're basically starting to creep around that go conversation. That the Eagles could win a second title here. After they turn over the Rodney Rocks as the first Super Bowl, because things did not stay too well with that team. Be fascinating to see if that ends up heading out here. We'll get the Super Bowl matchup in just a minute. We're going to check in now with Russell Baxter to preview the big game and catch you up on what you need to know about the Super Bowl matchup. That's coming up here right after this play from the AC Tailgate. Courtesy of CS Sports is Jim Nance. Guys are going to be around you if you're Mahomes. Heads up, stand in the pocket, fire under duress. From the pocket. On the run to the end zone. It's caught on his back. Valdez Scantling. All right, we are back here getting ready for Super Bowl 57 on Sunday between the Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles. A fantastic matchup. Join me today to break it all down. The pro football guru himself on Twitter, Russell Baxter, is here. Russell, how are you? I'm doing good, Mike. How are you? Doing pretty good. I'm very excited to get to Sunday and watch this game. I was very pumped when this matchup happened here. Probably think the most exciting matchup of the four with options we had entering championship Sunday. What do you think about this game? Well, you know, you obviously have some history here uh, with Andy Reid. One of my favorite little early nuggets is that when Andy Reid was head coach of the Eagles, he was 3-0 and against the Chiefs. Uh, Andy Reid, as the Chiefs head coach, is now 3-0 and against the Eagles. So take that for what you're worth. Again, you obviously dates back to 1999. And Andy, who people sometimes forget, is actually the longest tenured head coach in the league. Bill Belichick is the longest tenured head coach with one team since 2000. But Andy's been a head coach since 1999. You know, he's won at least 10 playoff games with two different franchises. Uh, I think he's fifth all-time in wins now, overall wins. He's built himself quite a resume. Um, but the Eagles are back here for the second time in six years. I know Kansas City's back here for the three, third time in, in four years. Um, but the Eagles team that we're seeing this year is eerily reminiscent of the Eagles team we saw in 2017. And I mean that in the sense that the strength of this team is the offensive and defensive line. That's what paved the way for the Super Bowl 52 win over New England, and it's why uh, I'm sure a lot of people, and I think they're favored, uh, to win this game uh, a week from Sunday. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's not in some of these specific angles here. I'll start with Andrew, obviously, because obviously this is, most people would say it's kind of a revenge angle, but 
It's a little weird revenge angle in the sense that both the Chiefs and Andy Reid have won Super Bowl since. I mean, the, Andy Reid and the Eagles have won the Super Bowl since he departed here. So, what do you think? Like, is the angle here? I think that's they're going to watch for with the Andy Reid thing. I feel like it's fascinating to see like how he interacts with the situation because obviously, second title here really just supercharged the Hall of Fame like, resume for him. Well, if not already, okay. I mean, you know, uh, keep something in mind, okay. This will this will be um, Andy Reid's uh, fourth Super Bowl appearance. The third with the Chiefs, he took the Eagles to the Super Bowl uh, thirty nine. Um, Bud Grant, Marv Levy, both in the Hall, uh, both in the Hall of Fame, correct? Yes. Both zero and four in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay, so. The, it's not so much the winning it. Now, I'm not saying if you went 0-9 in the Super Bowl, but you might might be. It's uh, the development of players, what he's done with Kansas. Andy Reid's been in Kansas City 10 years. Nine playoff appearances and a 9-7 and season. He's not had a losing season. So I think more of the storyline is less about Andy Reid, per se, and more about what Howie Roseman has done in Philadelphia. Um, overhauled the team from a Super Bowl team from a couple of years ago. Now, there's still a lot of pieces there. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. Um, and, you know, but, you know, but key people like Zach Ertz is not there anymore. Jason Peters, who missed that Super Bowl 52 because he was hurt. A lot of those veteran guys. You know, he made some tough decisions. Um, letting Doug Peterson go. And I, obviously, Doug Peterson's a playoff coach this year with, with Jacksonville. So. I think as much as anything, um, you know, Howie Roseman might be, you know, we don't often talk general managers unless they're a Hall of Fame general manager. And maybe Harvey's, uh, Howie's uh, carving his own niche. Um, but if you don't want to talk about the quarterbacks, and sometimes people don't want to just talk about the quarterbacks, although some people only talk about the quarterbacks, it's a topic for another time. Um, I think you have to look at what the Chiefs have done five straight AFC championship game appearances and what the Eagles said, you know, it's, it's funny because they've done it with different head coaches, but the Eagles have been in the playoffs five of the last six years. They've done it with different coaches and they've done it with different quarterbacks. Yeah. It's very interesting here. And you mentioned the quarterback. I do want to go there briefly here because obviously this match between Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts is a lot of fun here. Obviously historic because the first matchup with two black quarterbacks starting the Super Bowl against each other here. So, what about the matchup intrigues you with the quarterbacks? Well, the, these teams played last year in Philadelphia, and, and Mahomes had a big day, but the Eagles wouldn't go away. Um, and they wound up in the playoffs last year. I think the score is 42 to 30. So there was plenty of scoring. The game was, was in Philadelphia. Um, you know, I, I look at what Mahomes did last week on the bad leg and undermanned in terms of his receivers and. They don't have much of a running game, but I look at what Philadelphia has done in two playoff games, and I, if people can say what they want about the 49ers losing their quarterbacks, they lost the, their quarterbacks because it's a physical Eagles defense. The Eagles have won two playoff games, 69 to 14. Okay? You know, the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of close playoff games. The Eagles not involved in any close playoff games this year. And again, you look at their offensive and defensive lines, their offensive line, probably the best in the league defensive line. They had to um, recruit a couple people like Adamic and Sue in the middle of the season when injuries hit, but deep, deep in both aspects, they run the ball. They're, they're more balanced than the chiefs. 
Um, and they'll present a lot of problems for the, for the, for the Kansas City defense, which is, you know, safe to say kind of middle of the road. Um, but in Philadelphia, has to be careful with the turnovers because they have been a little turnover prone. They were down the stretch and so on. But these games usually come down to the trenches. What What's interesting to me is that Patrick Mahomes will try to overcome something that's never happened and something that hasn't happened in a while. I'm going to tease you with that. Do you have any idea what that is? I actually do not. Okay. Okay, end of tease. Um, <laughs> no quarterback has ever led the league in passing yards and won the Super Bowl the same year. That's pretty wild to think about that. Right. And do you have any idea the last time? And we don't know this yet. Okay? But it could be Jalen Hurts. Both of these guys could be in the same position. The MVP, which we will know next Thursday, I believe, is the honors uh, show. Uh, league MVP won the Super Bowl the same year? You got to go back, I think, at least like 15 years, I would think. Uh, you have to go back more than that. You have to go back to Kurt Warner in 1999. That's also a crazy stat. And then, by the way, I'll throw this in. I'm writing a piece about this, so I might as well, you know, just shoot the whole works here. <laughs> Travis Kelsey will also try to do something. Travis Kelsey, by the way, who has 127 receptions in playoff games. That's the second most in NFL history behind Jerry Rice. But he could also do something. And I'm not saying Dallas Goddard couldn't do it either. No tight ends ever been named. Yeah, he never had a Super Bowl MVP as tight end. That that could change this year. Yes, it could. You could see a lot of changes. As time goes on, a lot of these little idiosyncrasies and these these uh, uh, trends and tendencies that kind of bite the dust. The passing yards one is fascinating to me because we're not talking about 20 years. We're talking about 56. Yeah, that's for sure here. I want to go because we've got some uh, position angles I feel are interesting here. As obviously the Eagles, we've talked about it a little bit here. Their running game is the best in the league. They have used the power running game. They use a bunch of different backs. They have Jalen Hurts involved in the rushing attack. What makes this running game so successful for Philly? Well, it's the line. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they, they've got a potential, potential Hall of Fame center in Jason Kelsey. Okay. Um, they, they made moves. Um, had to tweak some stuff um, from, you know, from the unit from a couple of years ago. But, they you know, Landon Dickerson, they wound up getting – they put Howie Roseman has put a priority, and I think some of that stems from Andy Reid because Andy Reid was always a trench guy as well. Inevitably, if you're going to win a championship, that's where you have to be tightened up. Okay, you did. If the quarterbacks don't think about this, Tom Brady threw for 505 yards in the Super Bowl and lost. Lost to the Eagles, as a matter of fact. So, and the reason they. The game, I know Nick Foles and Philly Special and all that were two different things that involved the offensive and defensive line. First, they ran for 164 yards on Bill Belichick's defense in Super Bowl 52. And they did it with backfield by Jay Ajayi and LeGarrette Blunt and Corey Clement, but they blew the Patriots' defensive line off the ball. Now, go back to the fourth quarter. I know you'll remember this. A deep, deep Jim, uh, Jim Schwartz, defensive coordinator, deep on the defensive line. Not a lot of sacks in that game, if you will remember. One big one, though, late in the fourth quarter. Strip sack of Brady. Eagles get the ball. Their depth on the defensive line was what clinched that Super Bowl title. 
And that's, again, that's the area where they have a big edge, I think. I mean, Chris Jones is a magnificent player. He'll get some votes for defensive player of the year. Might even win it. You never know. But that deep trench game for the Eagles is what makes them, I think, the better team in this matchup. Absolutely here. I also want to give the Chiefs credit here for basically reinventing their entire receiving core in a year after they trade Tyreek Hill last year and a couple of guys walking free agency, bringing a couple of free agents, a draft pick here. How the Chiefs managed to do this and basically turn the entire receiving group over and still have a very productive passing offense? Well, I mean, listen, they had a lousy season. They were, what, 4-11-1, and they drafted high, and they got Devontae Smith. And then Howie Roseman, you know, I, I wrote it back about this over the summer. You know, you see this a lot of time by, by our media. And you know, nine times out of ten, people pick the team that signed the most players and acquired the most players. And you and I know that that doesn't work. Philly did very little in the offseason as far as player acquisitions. But look what they did. They got Hassan Reddick, who has 16 sacks this year, and he's been a dynamo since he discovered he could rush the passer and didn't have to play inside linebackers first three seasons with the Cardinals. Okay? Um, they traded for A.J. Brown. Okay? Who Tennessee was looking to get rid of because I think they were afraid they were going to have to pay him. Okay? Look at the difference he's made. And, again, kudos to Howie Roseman. They're going to wind, you know, if they win the Super Bowl, they're going to have the 31st pick in the, in the first round. Remember, Miami forfeited their pick. Okay, so there's only 31 first-round picks. If they lose the Super Bowl, they'll have a 30th pick. But do you know what else pick they have? They have the 10th overall pick, Mike, from a trade that they did with the Saints last April. Okay? And the Saints obviously had a poor season, 7-10. and 10. So Philadelphia, win or lose, is going to have a top 10 draft pick a year after going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's pretty nuts here. Let's shift gears to the Chiefs for a second here because obviously we talk about the Philly receiving core here. Chief receiving core obviously has gone overhauled as well here. How much credit do you give to uh, Andy Reid, Mahomes coming for managing to basically flip the entire receiver and still have a very productive passing offense? Well, listen, if anybody doubted what Tyree Kill was, and thought he was maybe just maybe a product of Patrick Mahomes. Look what he did in Miami. Um, you know, that that aside, you look at what Andy Reid was able to configure by getting guys like Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco, the rookie, uh, involving everybody in the passing game. Last week they were down to, you know, bare bones and got plays from their uh, young receivers and they got, you know, the big punt return from Sky Moore. And so on. So um, it just goes to show you that in this day and age, you can have some interchange. Listen, you have superstars like Hill and Justin Jefferson and Monte Adams. But because the passing game is so prevalent in college football, much more than it was 10, 15 years ago, you can get guys to come in and, and step in. Maybe a little fed, just like the quarterback, Mike come in and step in and adapt to the pro game a lot faster than they used to. The receivers do that as well. And like I said, they got some big plays. And of course they do have Travis Kelsey. Okay. Who opens up, you know, who opens up a lot of things for a lot of you know, offensive players. And the rapport between him and Mahomes is, is something very, very special. Um, and, uh, you know, though, both those guys are, you know, Patrick's been, um, the league since 2017 has only been the starter five years. Uh, Travis Kelsey was a rookie the first year. Andy Reid came 
to Kansas City. And if memory serves me, um, I'll probably hope I'm not butchering this. I think Travis Kelsey caught one pass his rookie year. He got hurt or something like that. He barely, barely played. And now look at him now. He's a perennial pro bowler and a, a pretty steady old pro as well. Yeah, that's for sure here. And obviously the last time the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, they ended up losing because the offensive line let them down. And now they spent a lot of time retooling the offensive line. That's going to be more important here in this matchup because obviously the fierce Eagles pass with him, Mahomes playing with the injured ankle, which, you know, two weeks should help. But like how like how good a chance you get this line, do you think, of standing up to Mahomes here and protecting against this pass rush? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if Andy Reid comes out here and tests the Philly run defense. I think, you know, listen, they had a bunch of sacks in the two playoff games. Uh, Mike, during the regular season, the Philadelphia Eagles in 17 games had 70 sacks. 70. Those are historic tightness, not the record. Okay? The record is 72 by the 84 Bears in the 16-game season. Okay? The year before, by the way, the year before they won the Super Bowl. That wasn't the Super Bowl team. So, um, but they're mediocre against the run. Okay? And sometimes that aggressiveness works against them. So I wouldn't be shocked if Andy, you know, and listen, Patrick Mahomes and both him and Hurt should be a lot healthier with two weeks of rest and so on. But I wouldn't be shocked if Andy came out and tested this Philadelphia run defense a lot more than maybe people expect. That's everything to see here. And obviously, you've got to have keys to victory for both teams. For the Eagles, I would, I mean, the Chiefs, I would say, I feel like stopping the Philly run game has to be number one on my list. Would you agree with that? Oh, I don't think there's any question about it. And, 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 and you know, if Philly had its way in the playoffs, I mean, all three times they played them. Okay. And they were able to run against San Francisco last week. Jalen Hurts, you know, you, you could tell that he was still laboring a little. He even came out and admitted that he wasn't 100%. So, uh, you know, but that's the beauty of Philadelphia. They can win a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, that's it's it was, it's very impressive to watch them be able. I, I I know a number of people that after they lost their first game, some people were trying to compare them to the Cardinals from last year or the Steelers the year before. Um, you know, Nick Sirianni might have to adopt the John Madden. I don't know if you know the story of John Madden. John Madden used to wear press credentials on his pants because he was always afraid no one would let him into the game. Yeah. Okay. Nick Sirianni might want to, you know, maybe, maybe get put on a reporter's hat. <laughs> Listen, he's done a hell of a job. You know, last year they were off to a terrible start. He gathered them. I think they learned from their playoff loss to Tampa Bay. They looked overwhelmed for three quarters. Um, and this year they came out again, really complete effort by the entire Eagles organization. Um, but let's, let's not forget Patrick Mahomes does things that a lot of quarterbacks don't do and haven't done. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to be a one man show. Uh, yeah, but I, I just wouldn't be surprised with two weeks here. If Andy Reid came out and tried to run the ball down the Eagles throat. Yeah, absolutely. Here, go to Philly here for a minute here. What do you think the biggest key for them? Because obviously you could say, you know, let's copy the Tampa game plan and just, get Mahomes off his spot, with the injured ankle, or is it more important, you know, take Kelsey out of the passing game and try and force the outside receivers to make more plays? Well, that, that's going to be interesting because I'm going to be curious of how, uh, you know, what is, is Hassan Reddick going to be have any coverage responsibilities? 
Um, are they going to have to bring up somebody from the secondary, maybe even a corner, to preoccupy Travis Kelsey? Um, you know, so the, 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 what Patrick Mahomes and the, and the Chiefs proved that last year, this year, was they could lose some key receivers and still be, hell, they were the, the highest scoring team in the league, okay, with the number one offense. So they, they showed a lot of stuff, but they've also been very, very methodical um, during these, this playoff run. You know, they did just what they had to do against Jacksonville. They got a key takeaway late in the game. They got a couple picks of Joe Burrow. Um, That's one thing Philly can't afford to do. We have seen them when they have turned over the ball, okay? And it's been a disaster for them, um, you, regardless of who was going. Even, even when, um, you know, they barely beat the Bears because they couldn't hold on to the ball. So early in the year, remember early in the year, I think during their 8-0 start, they had like two turnovers. And they wound up, I think, with 18 or 19. So the key is to take – and I, I can tell you historically, and you'll see some numbers I put out there, you know, early next week and so on, the turnover differential number in the 56 turnovers would absolutely blow you away. Yeah, that would definitely fun to see here. And the last question here is obviously when we start touching on like every time we do this here, like – Everybody's looking at the big matchups, like all the big players here. You always have a knack for finding that one under-the-radar player who have a big X-factor for this game. Who is that guy for you this year? Well, I think it could be – I mean, he had a good year and so on. It would hurt for a little bit. I, I, I think it could be Dallas Goddard. I mean, with all the attention going on Travis Kelsey, you know, it's not like a couple of years ago when San Francisco and Kansas City played and it was, you know, there was a lot about Kelsey versus Kittle and so on. You know, again, tight end, never been uh, a Super Bowl uh, MVP. Um, you know, obviously the, the Chiefs are going to draw their attention uh, towards Marcus Banda scouting. Um, and who's, who, by the way, a couple years ago, I had a 100-yard receiving game with the Packers in the playoffs. Had a 100-yard receiving game last week. He was huge for them last week. Uh, maybe Dallas Goddard is the guy, you know, who nibbles away. Yeah, I, I, to me, if you're Philip, if you're Philadelphia, um, you know you've got to be patient and not turn over the ball. If if you're Kansas City, you've got to be try to eliminate time from that clock, okay? And um, again, test the Eagles' run defense. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts. You know, it's only a difference of a couple years, but. Patrick Mahomes is, is such a more seasoned quarterback um, and certainly with a lot of playoff experience. Okay, but Patrick, uh, the, the Patrick Mahomes, it's so funny. Patrick Mahomes, the only time he hasn't played a playoff game in Kansas City is the Super Bowl. He's never yet still played a road playoff game, per se. So he's either played in Harrowhead Stadium or at a neutral site. But he's played in a lot of playoff games these past couple of years and the young, I always like to watch the first quarter when it comes to guys who don't have a lot of Super Bowl experience. Okay. You'll see guys hopping up and down. You'll see guys you get noticeably nervous. It's, it's a daunting thing to know that it all comes down to one game. Everybody's watching uh, a lot of pressure. That's why some of these first quarters in the Super Bowl are, you know, less than scintillating. And by the time, you know, settled down we've seen some wild wild fourth quarters i'd say over the last eight or nine years 
Yeah, we'll see if we're in for a tree here. Russell, thanks for all the time. Really appreciate it. Before I let you go, I'll be a five on social media and keep up with some of your NFL coverage. Well, on Twitter, I'm Bax Football Guru. Um, on uh, Facebook, it's Pro Football Guru. Um, I also have a new page I started uh, about five or six months ago called Football Past and Present Seriously. We do a lot of history on there, but we also keep you up to date with current events. We're getting near a thousand uh, likes and so on. So jump on there. And, you know, we have a lot of historians who post on that page, uh, some writers that I've known over the years as well. So, um, but uh, like I said, follow me on Twitter because if you don't and you eventually do, I'll find you before you find me. It sounds good, Russell. Thanks for all the time. Really appreciate it. You got it. Show me the money. All right, show me the money. Super Bowl picks are here. We are wrapping up the season here. One last game. Join me today to do the picks. The guy who kicked off the season of picks, uh, Alan Austin, here. Alan, how are you? I am well, Mike. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming back on. It's always fun when you can you know, start off the year with the guests and then bring with the one person, bring them back on to end the whole thing. So it's been a wild ride since we talked back in week one. Yeah, it was. Uh, we we. I mean, we were both wrong about Giants and Jets. Both, <laughs> I think, had. I, as a Giant fan, I'm not one of those fans who's upset. With the Eagles' loss, I have a very positive feeling after this season. I felt excited to watch football again. The coaching staff that we need is in place, and now it's just about using those free agent dollars and filling out the roster, and I have just such a great feeling about this past season that I, I to go up against who I think is the best team in football and lose, you know, to get to that spot, what a successful season. So I'm not one of those Giants fans who's bummed out right now. I haven't heard many who are, to be honest with you. Well, that's good. That's good. A couple guys at my job, uh, pretty pretty bummed, and I was just like, guys, come on. When when were you this excited about the team in the last six years? Like, this is this is good. This is a good step in the right direction. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, let's talk about the game that's actually going on here, though. We got the Eagles and the Chiefs on Sunday meeting in Super Bowl Fifty Seven. There's a lot of different ways to call it the Andy Reid Bowl, the Kelsey Bowl, like the two best teams in the league here. And I feel there's so many storylines here at this game. It's gonna be a lot of fun. You've got a Super Bowl where the two best teams are in it. I mean, what could you ask for as a football fan? Like, take away the teams. Just that scenario is what, you know, the NFL dreams of. It's what good competitive football should look like in the Super Bowl. So, glad to see it in that regard. Yeah, I also think in terms of, like, what to watch for here. Like, what are the storylines that have your interest heading into this game? The battle of the quarterbacks is up there. Just Mahomes' ankle injury, which I think is a non-factor at this point, as funny as that sounds. I mean, the guy's still cooking. And Jalen Hurts, who, I mean, I was not a believer prior to this season, but unless... Makes a lot of money. Right. And Matt- ...fan in the world, you can't help but say that he's grown leaps and bounds and is just a bona fide superstar at this point. So Mahomes versus Hurts will be something I'm very much, you know, keying in on, as well as Andy Reid. You know, even when he was with the Eagles as a Giants fan, I always loved Andy Reid. So uh, watching Andy Reid in this one will be a big one. Yeah, I think the Andy Reid angle is fascinating because obviously he was there for so long. He leaves. They both won Super Bowl since he left. He wins one of the Chiefs. The Eagles win one a couple of years before him. And now they're meeting up again for what feels like a legacy signing game ring. If he gets a second Super Bowl tough pick, he's skating into the Hall of Fame. Yes, and I, I, he's probably in the Hall of Fame already. 
but this would be the cherry on top for sure to to, to beat his old team. Uh, do you think he retires if he wins this Super Bowl, or do you think he's coming back? I think he's coming back. I mean, I think he loves coaching Mahomes. I mean, why would like why would you give it up? I'm like, he seems to still love football. Very good point. Very good point. Yeah, it's not like you know this is like a Bill Belichick you know, where Tom Brady's leaving and Bill's coaching because he likes to coach. Like he's got Mahomes for at least another decade, so he can hang around as long as he wants and have a chance to add more rings to that resume. That is a great point. I apologize for even broaching the topic. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious how old Andy Reid is because I don't like. Is he like his 60s? I would assume. Well, he looked much. You know, he looks old, but not as old as he looked in that punt pass kick competition back in the day. Yeah, I'm gonna Google right now how old Andy Reid. 64. Is. Yeah, I mean he's got he's got time. And Belichick and Pete Carroll coaching their 70s, so I think he's got another five six years he wants. Fair point. Yeah, for sure. Here, I think the other thing that's interesting here is obviously. The most uh, interesting like game in terms of like betting. I was talking about this last week, Martino Pucci, a lot of the different ways you could bet this game here. I know you're not a big betting guy. If you were a betting man, how would you bet the game? If I were a betting man, I would probably just stick to, you know, the the, the regular game line. I wouldn't try to get too fancy with the, uh, you know, who's going to score first or the coin toss or the Gatorade. I feel like that's all just such a random crap shoot. And of course the coin toss, you have a 50, 50, which means the odds probably won't be that good from, you know, of return on your investment. So I would just stick to uh, whatever the spread is and, and hope for the best. Yeah. I feel like I always have fun with some of those like more exotic props, especially like the games and they bring in like, you know, the other sports that go on a day. It's like my favorite a couple of years ago. It's like, who what what happens more like James Harden made threes or like uh, Julian Ellen receptions in a Patriots Super Bowl? I remember it was one of them that I loved. Well, that's a fun one. Like stuff like that, I like to I like to take a look at because that usually comes out. We're recording early in the week, so close to the end of the week, that stuff comes out. So I'm gonna keep my eyes out for that. That's good stuff. It's a lot of good stuff here. So you get good stuff. The picks challenge this year has been very very tight. And Phil Lombardo was here last week. He did the picks at championship round. He went one and one. He won with the Eagles laying a two and a half. He lost the Bengals laying the points because we picked early in the week there. So one and one for Phil. Those were two tight games. The 49ers should have been a tight game, but they they lost every quarterback under the sun. That's not their fault. No, it's not. I mean, I, I yeah, that one wasn't that tight. But you know, it, man, what a what a bummer for that that team. I mean, they've got you know every quarterback on that roster was Sam Jackson and unbreakable. Yeah. It just it just wasn't working out for them this year, and yet they still made it to the championship game. The one thing I'll never understand here, and it's something I talked about last week too, is like why they got rid of the rule where like you can dress the third quarterback, but he's not allowed to play unless the top two guys get hurt. They got rid of that, I think, of the new CBA because they wanted to get more active roster spots on here. And we had one of the biggest games of the year basically go to crap because one team could not pass the football and they were trailing. Yeah, it, it was kind of ridiculous, to be honest, and it took the joy and excitement out of it for 49ers fans, and it was just, it wasn't, uh, it didn't make the game look clean. No, I would bet anything that they, that they put that rule back in next year. As they should. Yeah. I had a better week last year, last week, for the first time all season, I went, I went 2-0 all week, so I had a perfect week, which is pretty awesome. Very nice. Yeah. I actually had the Eagles laying a two and a half. I had the Chiefs getting the point at home. So I may have got a little help from the officials there, but I did go two and oh. Very nice. You, 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 you know, it's uh you're a smart man. It had to happen at some point. So I'm glad it did. Yeah. So this is very tight right now, this race. So 
Here's where we're standing. And on the season, the challengers are 500, 32, 32 and 2, 7, 4, and 1 in the playoffs. I'm 31, 33 and 2, 7, 4, and 1 in the playoffs. So this is a one game separation overall and tie the playoffs. The big one. Yeah, it is a big one here. And we're gonna pick the game. We are record we're basing it off the DraftKings line at date of recording. And right now the spread for this game here is the Eagles are favored by two points. In Super Bowl 57, it'll be on uh, Sunday, February 12th at 6.30 on Fox here. Alan, where are you going with this game? I'm going to go with the Eagles minus two. I, it's just, it's not my desired outcome, especially after the whole Empire State Building controversy. I'm not an Eagles fan. I'm a Giants fan. But my every fiber of my being says this is, the, this is their year. They look pretty unstoppable. Yeah, I'm going to concede the overall year here and uh, go with you here. Cause I, I can't go against what I feel like this game. And what I've seen from the Eagles the last couple of weeks has been really, really strong because they have dominant play in the trenches. They have the best running attack I've seen in a long time. They have playmakers all over the ball. And the Chiefs, I know, they played a little bit of sloppy football down the stretch. And I'm worried about Mahomes' ankle here because especially considering the fact that the Eagles had this ferocious pass rush here, if they get him off out of the pocket here, this could be get very ugly very quick. I, I do agree that if it's a battle in the trenches and the, that D line gets to Mahomes and gets him, you know, out of the pocket, or it can be ball game. And I think their defense is playing that well. So I just think all the uh, chips are stacked in the favor of the Eagles. Absolutely. So to reset the final picks of the season for Super Bowl 57, Al and I are both going with the Eagles, laying the two points against the Chiefs in Arizona and. Those are our final picks of the year. And, Alan, you got, people got to make sure they check out the blog as well. I got the picks from all team challengers up there as well. So we already went over your pick. The other 17 uh, challenger picks are going to be up there as well. Nice. And, and I'm surprised you didn't just go contrarian to be able to tie it up, you know, in the in the overall standings at the end of the year. So you're going to remain one game back. Yeah, I, I, I have at least the playoff tie, though. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Because I don't think I deserve to win the regular season based on how I played. <laughs> Uh, so you weren't going overall. So that, that was set in stone regardless. So, Got it. Yeah, I just put add the records in here because re- like regular season, I finished the game back. So that's basically a loss anyway. So True. All right. Since you're here, I got to ask you because remember a couple of years ago, we discussed on the podcast the strategy behind the networks airing the post roll show. Are you going to watch Next Level Chef after the game this year? So after you told me what the show was, I, I looked into it. And this is a show I had heard of before with the with the different levels and Gordon Ramsay doing his Gordon Ramsay thing. And I've got to be honest, I probably will check it out. I mean, I don't think I have to go back and watch season one to understand season two. So that's a good, that's a plus. And, you know, my wife and I have been on a kick of cooking shows lately. I mean, I could recommend so many cooking shows to your audience. So I think, therefore, the nature of a cooking show and the high, you know, the high intensity that Gordon Ramsay brings, I, I think we'll check it out. Maybe not right after the Super Bowl. It'll probably be a DVR situation, but we will definitely check it out. Yeah, I got to say, I look, I did look at the point. It does look interesting here, and I have, like, gone down the cooking show well on Netflix a little bit over the past, like, couple of months. So, like, I, I'm con- considering watching this show. And if I could just say, based on that cooking, the, the one I, I would recommend to your audience is cooking at all costs. 
on Netflix. What a fun ride that is. It's a show where they have to auction off ingredients to use in their, you know, in their challenge. And then as the round starts, more come down a conveyor belt and they have to bid against each other to be able to use the ingredients. It's a lot of fun. You're, you're screaming at the screen with the strategy. Some of these contestants use it's, it's a blast and a great host. So I, tr- I, I highly recommend cooking and uh, cooking at all costs on Netflix. If you're a fan of the cooking show genre. Yeah, that's that's a fun one for sure. I was surprised you didn't mention uh, Pressure Cooker on Netflix. It's like the Big Brother cooking show hybrid. Which I have not seen yet. Yeah. Uh, it's on our queue. I have not seen it yet, but I've heard I've had several people tell me I will enjoy it. So it's definitely going to be watched. It's on my queue as well. I haven't gotten to it yet because I've been a little behind on things. And I think also, I mean, last year, like with the post-Super Bowl show, I mean, the Olympics on NBC was definitely a good call, and I, I definitely tuned into that. I think they had huge numbers of the Olympics last year. Yeah, it was a great call. I mean, you know, sometimes people are in a sporting mood. They want to see more sports. Maybe they didn't win their uh, their wagers, and they want to keep going, so throw on more sports. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a sport fan's dream to keep watching sports. I know that sounds silly and obvious, but, hey, if it works, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I also have a call for next year already for uh, for CBS's post Super Bowl. So I have my prediction of what they're going to do for that. And what's that? I think you're going to get a comedy hour. I think you're going to get ghosts and a new show. They're going to try and launch. That'll be my guess. Oh, interesting. I have not watched ghosts. Ghosts is getting a lot of acclaim critically, and I know it's a very popular with the audience. So I feel like they could try and use Super Bowl Super Bowl to like supercharge the show. That'd be fun. Yeah. Well, are you going to watch Next Level Chef? I'm debating it. Like, I, it's a matter of, like, what I got going on right after the game. But, like, it's certainly in consideration. Gotcha. All right, Alan. Thanks for all the time. I really appreciate it. If you want to follow you on social media, how can I do that? You can follow me on Twitter at Alan, A-L-L-E-N, underscore Austin, underscore. And that's that's pretty much it right now. And, and just one last thing before we go. I know we'll talk pop culture in, another time soon, but I can't recommend The Last of Us enough to your audience. Uh, episode three is one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. So a little, uh, little plug there for a show that's doing very well without my recommendation, but The Last of Us on HBO. Yeah, I mean, it's already gotten renewed for season two after two episodes. It's gotten a huge hit. I mean, plus like, I was already in because Pedro Pascal is a star of the show and like he seems to never miss on anything. So like that they got me already. I'm just going to it's just me catching up on what I have on there. It's on the queue. Oh, baby, I can't wait for you to see. So please let me know when you do watch. I will let you know. Al. Thanks all the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Always a pleasure. The two minute drill. All right, two-minute drill time. I know it's been a little busy around here in terms of content, so I didn't want to let this one slip by here. I do think we have to talk about the James Dolan thing right now. As much as, you know, we've crushed Woody Johnson in the the past and the Will Ponds and they own the Mets are being horrendous owners, nobody in this town holds a candle to James Dolan for how bad he is. He's shown us a lot over the last few weeks about how bad he is, and none of this thing is very good. The big headline is obviously in the Garden's use of the facial recognition software helped James Dolan ban his quote-unquote enemies from attending events there. This is the kind of technology that you would use at airports to identify potential terrorists. James Dolan has installed the Madison Square Garden to use it to bar lawyers suing the Garden from attending events there, or, you know, fans who he has banned from the building for being mean to him. The use of this software this way may actually violate the law. There's actually a risk that Nick's 
and the Rangers could lose their Gardens liquor license that they pulled. James Dolan basically threatened not selling alcohol for a game. It's more protest. Putting a post in the New York Liquor Authority head on his, on the on the wall. The contact info on there for fans to protest. He kind of walked back on WFAN last week, but this is crazy. Then you add in the fiasco of the Rangers abandoning their previously announced plans to wear Pride Night sweaters and put rainbow tape on their sticks during warm-ups with their ability that we offered up for charity. They did not do that. People are asking why. Various reports indicated the players on the team had no idea why this, why this plan changed. They had none. The team put out a weird statement basically deflecting on the issue, not really offering an explanation of why they reversed course. Some mumble-jumble about, you know, like, individual beliefs, so on and so forth. It does not take a lot here to figure out that James Dolan made the decision to avoid potential controversy because this would, can't fire so a few weeks ago. And, and Ivan Provorov and the Flyers created a firestorm. He refused to wear the Pride Night's warm-ups to his religious beliefs. And the Flyers made him own it. They had everybody else go out without him and wearing the, wearing the sweaters. And he basically had to eat it. The Rangers said, no, no, no. We're going to, you know, not explain why we did this. And there are players on the Rangers who who are from Russia. You don't know. Maybe one of them had an objection to it. Nobody seemed to indicate that. Maybe Dole's not protecting this player. But anyway, this is creating more of a controversy than simply just, you know, going on and not doing it. All this is not help him either. Because James Dolan goes around on a media tour. He went on Fox, went on WFAN. He's whining like a man-child, a spoiled rich kid who was born on third base and thinks he should have the world bend his every whim. This guy is in charge of two of the most famous teams in this area, the Knicks and the Rangers. He's done a pretty good job keeping them from winning. I don't care what he says about, you know, like, I don't meddle anymore. Like, Leon Rose can listen, to, has to listen to me, but he can, but I don't, he has to listen to me, but he doesn't have to do what I say. Come on. We know he's got, he's still meddling around there. You add his annies away from the garden. And it always solidified that James Dolan is the worst owner in sports. The fact he's no plans to ever sell, and he said this, like, he is going to basically manage until he does not want to anymore and somebody's family is going to. That's not good either. There were rumors for years back that maybe he's going to sell off the teens and focus more on the guards and entertainment business. He's not doing that. He's going to stick around. That's not good for the New York fan, especially those two teams. With that, I want to end the show for the week. I want to thank my guest, Russell Baxter, for coming on here to pre the Super Bowl. I also want to thank Alan Austin for doing the final picks of the year. I'm working for stuff like this podcast, including my look at the Super Bowl picks for Teen Challengers. And there were a lot of those. Check out the blog over justonthesuffering.wordpress.com. Check out the Sky Guys podcast. We have Season 2 of six of Bad Bats up in the feed right now. Also have our Season 2 review of Mandalorian from Mando Mondays. That's also up in the Sky Guys feed. You want that coverage? Make sure you're subscribed to do just that. You can also follow me on Twitter, mphilips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. And that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Next week, we're going to do our annual day. We're going to recap the big game with Joe Dalvizio. We're going to do our Super Bowl halftime and commercial segment with our podcast, Uncle Talks on Santa Rosa, and more. Until then, enjoy the big game, everybody. This has been the Just End the Suffering Podcast. I'm out.